This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Eric Barnes and Jack Frew. Hello and welcome to the Laravel News Podcast. I'm Eric Barnes, and with me today we have uh, Jack Frew, as always, and a special guest, the Master of Collections, Adam Wathen. So how are you guys doing? I'm doing good. How about you, Adam? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. So, so you just launched uh, your new book, Refactoring to Collections. I guess it's been out, what, about a month now? Yeah, a little bit over a month. Yeah, so it's, it's really awesome because uh, in all the code you write, you never write an if statement, right? Uh, there's a couple of if statements in there, but definitely no for each loops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but what I'm what I've actually been really impressed by is the uh, the community, you know, around this book. It's like everybody loves it. I, I haven't heard anybody say anything bad about about it, and I, I just think that's crazy because you know usually when you release anything tech related, you have all these people complaining. You've managed to you know hit that sweet spot where it's it's interesting to everybody. It seems like. That's a good point, right? Yeah, there hasn't really been an outcry of that's not the right design pattern or any of the kind of stuff that we typically have in this uh, in the PHP world. There's been a couple people who said a couple things, but I'm probably the only one who noticed because it's my book, right? But yeah, uh, yeah, for the most part, the response has been uh, been really awesome. Yeah. So here's a question for you, Adam. Uh, you know, we know about the book and we've read it, and I know that uh, just for people who haven't listened. Or, or haven't heard about this thing. Do you, do you want to just tell us what's the name of the book? And, and you've got three packages available, right? You can buy the book, the book and videos, and some code, right? What was the name of the book? Sure. So the book is called uh, Refactoring to Collections. So it's kind of like um, it's kind of like a gateway drug to functional programming in PHP. So um, if you know if you've been working with PHP for a long time, you've guaranteed written all these like long functions with like nested for each loops and temporary variables everywhere, and you know trying to build up you know, some list of, of different things. And you end up with like really hard to maintain and hard to read code a lot of the time. And uh, a few years back, I, I stumbled upon some of the like array functions that we have in PHP, like array map and array filter and started playing with collection objects. And it, it was probably like one of the most exciting discoveries for me in programming in like the last several years, just, just learning about this style of instead of thinking about this like imperative approach to just writing all these loops and nesting all these loops and if statements and trying to do all this work in one big function, figuring out ways to like break down what I'm trying to do into these like small, discrete, independent steps that like don't share kind of state or information with each other and just kind of break things down that way and kind of chain them up. So you can start with like maybe a list of uh, customers in your system and transform that list of customers into the total revenue um, that you've brought in from every customer in just like a series of steps. You know what I mean? Like maybe you want to say, uh, how much money have we made from all of our customers that you know have placed more than twenty orders or something? You know, so you take all the customers, sure. you would filter out all of the customers that have placed less than twenty orders. Then you would uh, map those lists of customers into a list of all their orders, collapse those orders down into just one big collection of orders, and then you know sum up the total price of all those orders. And you can do those all in separate steps. And you end up with like a nice, easy to debug and easy to read kind of function versus how you might have done it in the past. If you're trying to think about doing this sort of thing in just like all at once, you end up with all these nested loops and variables and, you know, off by one errors and things like that. And 
you know, when I discovered this idea of being able to do things in these like small steps, it, it was a really kind of a paradigm shift for me in thinking about how I transformed data. And um, it's just something that like I've really enjoyed playing with. And I'm always looking for for new ways to apply that sort of thinking to different problems. And I'm still finding, you know, every day different ways to uh, use that stuff to solve problems that I didn't know I could solve that way before. So yeah, it's been it's been really fun, and I'm I'm glad I've been able to kind of share that stuff uh, with people. I kind of got a reputation on Twitter for like doing the collection stuff before I even like realized that people would be tweeting at me asking, "Hey, how can I do this with collections?" Just because of the odd like thing I would tweet out now and then before I even had you know thought about working on the book, and people seemed to be really into it. So I thought, oh, it'd be cool if I kind of put together a little small collection of kind of tips and tricks and little things that I thought were neat and. uh you know, got working on it. And what I thought was going to be like a little 40 page book turned into like a 150 page book uh, with like 15 full refactorings in there and then four hours of screencasts and and stuff like that. And, you know, it turned into something that I'm really proud to uh, have out there. And it's kind of something that I wish I had had like three years ago and people seem to to really be uh, getting into it. So it's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, sure has been. I've looked at the book and it is actually, uh, it is really well written and the examples are great. And the the kind of uh, what I would call the step up process, you know, you, I think you kind of start with baby steps and and work your way up from there. It seems to me at least seemed appropriate for, you know, for kind of I'm kind of a new new user when it comes to this stuff uh, for my level of experience. So that was pretty cool. One thing, you know, as you were kind of explaining what the stuff does, the example that you just gave, you know, it reminded me an awful lot of like SQL, right? Mm-hmm. So where do you position like this versus SQL? Do you end up taking just raw data in from the database now and doing everything in collections or do you? Do you do it, you know, you use SQL to do these things sometimes and you use collections at other times? Have you have you kind of seen a natural break there? Yeah, I mean, that comes down to more of like a a performance optimization thing a lot of the time. Uh, usually I'll, I'll do stuff in memory first. And, you know, sometimes you can just tell like, okay, this is this is really stupid to be loading up all these objects in memory and doing this to come up with this one value that I could get from a single query. So then you kind of, you know, create an abstraction around that so you can just get it out of the database but i mean the comparison to sql i think is interesting because um i mean that's kind of how i start the book is is talking about like you know one of the like the example that i just went over if you were thinking about how to do that in php you might have like result equals zero for each customer but you know but it but if you're going to write the same thing in sql you wouldn't be talking about loops or temporary variables or anything you know like uh if you wanted to get you know, a list of all the email addresses of customers in your system, you would just say something like select email from customers or select email right. from customers where, uh, you know, incorporation date is after this. It's very just declarative. You're just kind of asking for what you want. And I think there's right. some strong parallels between this style of programming and how you think about solving uh, stuff in SQL and just kind of treating those sorts of lookups as implementation details and trying to develop a language that you can use to kind of describe uh, what you actually want without specifying all the details about how to actually solve the problem. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, uh, approach and I, I think it's really powerful and, uh, yeah, it's, people seem to be into it. The other area that I thought this kind of was interesting for is, you know, there's been, I don't know if it's quite as big anymore, but there was a little while where kind of like, you know, like, so SQL with relational databases has been around forever. Right. And in the last, I don't know, five years, 10 years, whatever, there's been this kind of no SQL thing, right. These, these really fast, you know, key value data stores like Hadoop and stuff like that. Um, and and if if that was how you had structured your app, then this collection stuff would kind of almost be your only way to do that summary. I mean, I suppose you could you could do loops and stuff too, but 
those engines don't have like the relational query abilities that like something like MySQL has. So, you know, that that struck me as another potential really good fit for for the collections work. Yeah, I don't have a ton of experience with using a NoSQL stuff seriously, but yeah, I, to me, it's just kind of like a general approach to problem solving and kind of trying to reframe things and think about solving stuff in a different way. And I think it's a kind of applicable across the whole stack. So uh, using the SQL example, I think is a really good way to get people to kind of realize that, you know, loops are not the only way to solve the problem because you don't have to loop right. in SQL and you still get the data that you want. So, yeah, like I always <laughs> assume that somewhere in SQL, there's a loop, right? You know, they, but the they thing is, you don't have, under you the don't hood, have to but, know, but you, yeah. you don't, you don't know yeah. it, right? Yeah, one one example that's been really helpful for me is uh, lately I've been having to build out these kind of crazy reports from a little uh, store that we have. And uh, and I end up with like this huge amount of data. But then on the report page, we want to you know show it in all these various different ways. And, and I've been really making a lot of use out of the collections, you know, to actually pinpoint the exact pieces I need. And, uh, you know, the book has been been awesome as far as opening my mind up to to how all this can can piece together and it's it's really awesome right on eric so that's a great question because i know eric you've been doing this stuff for a long time so you know i'm I'm sure you must have really solid experience with you know sql and relational databases and and for loops and all that kind of stuff Uh, being kind of a veteran in that space how how long did it take you to kind of get comfortable with the the approach that adam's got was it was it pretty natural for you it was after you know i would say just a a little while I, I could make sense of everything. Uh, I still, I still tend to want to go back to my four each's and temporary variables, but, uh, but so that's a process of just my mindset swapping over yeah. that I haven't fully embraced yet. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I like it so much better using the collections than the, the old for each with the temporary variables and all that mess. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, very excited to, to keep, you know, pushing forward on that. And two, what else I've seen interesting is actually there've been a few pull requests in the Laravel itself with refactoring stuff to collections. Oh yeah. So that it's kind of neat that it's kind of like it's going full circle on everything. Adam, one of the benefits that I have, I, I can't claim that I know this, benefit, but I've seen it on Twitter, on, on Twitter as people have tweeted you is that people are replacing large chunks of code that was done in a uh, for each loop with much smaller chunks of code that were done with collections. Yeah. Uh, do you have any like success stories like that that you can share with us that you remember off the top of your head? Yeah, I mean, um, the whole book basically covers stuff like that. One of the things that I've heard from people reading it is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll start with an example where I, I, I lay everything out kind of like, this is how you might have written this in the past if you didn't know about kind of these array transformation operations and stuff. And, you know, people look at it and they're like, yes, this is exactly the sort of code they would write. All these result variables and conditions and nested loops and stuff like that. And then I just walk through kind of like looking for patterns that match up with kind of some of the basic operations I described earlier in the book. So looking for things that's like, oh, it looks like we're doing a map here. Can we like extract that out and replace it with a map? And doing that until eventually you've kind of replaced all these loops with like operations that have names that kind of express what you're actually trying to do. Uh, And then usually when you've done that, the code looks pretty similar in terms of length. But there ends up being like some additional abstractions that you can throw on top of things that can really shorten things. So uh, the Laravel collection package does a really good job with this with things like the pluck method, for example. So say you have like a list of users and you want to get a list of all their email addresses. Um, The procedural imperative way to do that would be like you have a 
a, a variable called emails and it starts as an empty array and you go for each uh, users as user emails square bracket equals you know user email and then you return that list of emails you know what i mean like that's the sort of code that probably everybody has sure. written all the time you can replace that with a map by just saying you know emails equals uh, users dot map and then it takes an anonymous function that takes the user and then you return user email and you basically what you're doing is mapping that list of users into a list of user emails uh, then you have operations like pluck which simplify really common things like that where you can eliminate the anonymous function completely where pluck is just designed for situations uh, where you're trying to map something into one of its properties basically so if you have a list of users and you want to extract just the emails or just the names or just the birthdays or whatever you can just use pluck and just say emails equals users pluck email and that'll give you all the emails in a single line of code uh, you can do the same thing with summing things up. So maybe you have like a list of items in a shopping cart and you want to figure out the total cost of the shopping cart. Well, you know, you might want to say like total cost equals zero for each item or for each cart as item, uh, you know, total plus equals uh, item price times item quantity or whatever. You can replace that whole thing uh, by just saying, you know, total price equals cart sum. It takes a function that, you know, returns uh item quantity times item price and and you're done uh if you wanted to you could map those cart items into the total cost for each item and then sum those up with no parameters like there's a lot of interesting things you can do and um, a lot of shortcuts that like uh, the laravel collection library specifically provides for taking really common patterns and reducing them down into like a single line that just takes the name of the property you need and and stuff like that so one thing i've been hearing from people a lot is they'll walk through these refactorings they'll see me convert something to like a collection pipeline approach and they'll be like wow this is awesome yeah that looks better and then like the next page it was like but we're not done we can make this even shorter and every time you know someone thinks that uh it's as it's as terse as it can get i figure out a way to make it shorter and, and people have been nice been really digging that so yeah it's been so here's a question for both of you know for both you and eric when you guys get past i mean adam you've obviously been past this point for a while but eric this is still you know kind of new to you when you finally kind of get over that hump where, you know, your brain is fighting it because it's new and all that stuff, uh, do you guys find that the code ends up being then a lot more maintainable if you, you know, walk away from the code for, let's say, six months and come back to it? Um, I could say from my experience, I'm, of course, a little bit biased because I like this stuff enough so much that I wrote a book about it. But for me, it definitely is because you don't have like a, a hundred line function that you have to understand. Um, every single piece of like a pipeline is is totally independent and doesn't rely on like some variable that was set 10 lines up or anything like that. So you can yeah. just kind of read it and kind of figure out, okay, well, first we're we're filtering these out, then we're mapping it into this, and then we're reducing it down to this or whatever. And you can kind of understand each chunk um, separately instead of having to look at this whole function and kind of figure out, okay, well, this is referring to this variable that was set way up there, but did it get changed at all in between or... Uh, you know, am I in an if statement that's in a nested loop or whatever? I find like when you're trying to read those types of functions, it feels like you're trying to read like a choose your own adventure book, but from start to finish. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, well, what what I was thinking, and your, your answer is kind of what I expected, is there's that, uh, I don't know if it was the guy from The Oatmeal. Somebody has a cartoon where it kind of talked about what happens to programmers when they get interrupted, right? And it shows a guy thinking and he's kind of got like an empty thought bubble over his head. And then he starts kind of reading his code and building a mental model in his head of like this whole structure, which is the old way we used to do yeah. things, right? These big for loops and all that stuff. And then somebody comes over and they're like, can I borrow a pencil? And then all of a sudden like you see poof and the thought bubble above his yes. head is empty and he has to start over again. This like fragile house of cards that you've sort of built up in your head. Yeah. 
Well, and I think of big loops that way, right? If you've got a loop that spans, you know, a bunch of lines, it does, you know, you have to kind of sit and look at it. So going back to maintain that, you, you know, you've really got to understand everything that was there so you don't inadvertently break something, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think the main benefit is being able to re- reduce what you need to understand into the smallest pieces possible and reduce all the context. So I can understand this one piece on its own and it doesn't matter uh, about you know what lines of code are around it. And once this operation is done, okay, I know what the data that comes out of that looks like. So what happens in the next thing? Probably just one line of code. Okay, now I know what the data, like it's just a very linear kind of um, easy to understand uh, approach in my experience. Yeah. Now, the other thing I wanted to say just for people listening, and I mentioned this, I think in a past episode too, but it's almost kind of embarrassing, but when you did the demo of this stuff uh, at Laracon last year, I remember thinking to myself, like, okay, it's cool that he simplified stuff on the screen, but there must be these really complicated functions that he's written behind the scenes, you know, that are, that are handling all this stuff. And I don't think what I put two and two together back then, and I was, I was, you know, super new to Laravel back then was that all these like functions that you're using, these are built-in functions to Laravel. They're not things that any of us have to write. So we're taking advantage of, of the stuff that's already there. So we're literally the stuff you wrote on stage at Laracon was really, that was doing all the work. There wasn't like some magic background work that you had done ahead of time that, uh, that made that stuff happen. Sure. Yeah. Is that, that's accurate, yeah, I mean, right? like the talk I gave at Laracon was, was not really related to collections specifically, but it was like a refactoring talk. And refactoring to me in general is just something that's, you know, really fun and always trying to find ways to, to simplify stuff. And, you know, with the, with the right knowledge and, uh, you know, learning about some of these different strategies, it's really amazing. Like, that you can just kind of make complicated code disappear and it doesn't seem to go anywhere. It literally is just gone as if you can think of, you know, the right approach to, uh, to solving a problem. So, so that's, what's interesting to me. And that's kind of what I'm trying to, to show people with the the stuff in this book, just making complex code vanish. You're not like trying to hide it under the rug somewhere or anything, just like literally figuring out ways to make it go away. So, right. Yeah. It's like simplifying the response on an email or something. If you're, uh, if you've ever had like an angry email that you have to reply to at work or something and, you know, your first thing is you've written paragraphs and paragraphs and then you look at it and you're like, okay, that's not going to go over <laughs> well. And you start to simplify that and bring that down. So, so Adam, where, where can we find this, uh, the book or where can they buy it? And uh, it comes in a few different packages, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the book's available at adamwathen.me slash refactoring dash two dash collections. We can throw a link in the show notes in there or something so people uh, get it right. But uh, yeah, for sure. there's a couple different packages available uh, based on kind of uh, what, you're, what you're most interested in and what your learning style is. So you can grab just the book. Um, there's a package that's a book plus all the videos, which is like four hours of video and three additional uh, refactorings that aren't included in the book. And then there's also a package that includes uh, the full source code to nitpick CI, which is a SaaS application that I wrote um, that really heavily makes use of all this collection stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of the examples in the book are actually pulled from that, that source code. So if you're looking for, um, you know, like a sample production Laravel application to look through, that's kind of cool just on its own, but it's also a good way to just kind of see how some of these collection strategies and principles are applied in like a, a real world code base. Uh, so you can definitely check that out there. There's a, you can download a sample chapter. It's like 30 page sample chapter. So pretty generous and has a lot of useful stuff in there. Even if, you know, you don't think you want to buy the book. There's definitely good stuff in there. And um, I also put up one of the videos on my blog that you can check out as well. I'll get a link for you guys for that in the show notes. 
Um, when I first released the book, it was the first week it was uh, on sale for 25% off. So if anybody uh, is just hearing about it now from this podcast, uh, I'll set up a coupon code. Uh, just It'll just be Laravel News. And uh, anyone who's interested in it can uh, grab it for the 25% nice. off launch price. Hey, just out of curiosity, what was, you know, like, awesome. do, do you find most people buying just the book or did a lot of people take you up on the videos and stuff? Yeah, most people, the video package actually has sold the most copies, um, which is interesting. Um, it's cool because uh, I like screencasts a lot. I know that's what I would buy. Uh, so it's good just kind of information, I guess, to figure out like what way people like to learn. Um, so people have definitely been picking up the videos and uh, enjoying those. And there's like, you know, the videos, you, you learn a lot more from video than you do from the book, right? You get to see someone actually working, pick up little tips and tricks about workflow. Uh, I go through some additional steps in some of the videos that I don't go through in the book. But uh, I mean, I don't, I don't try and do a very, uh, I don't try and sell those benefits too hard when I'm trying to convince people to buy the video package in, instead of the book, but people still seem to be leaning towards a uh, picking up the videos and just to be clear you get the videos and the book in that package it's both yeah you, yeah so you get the 150 page book and then um four hours of video i can't believe you had four hours of video that's a lot of video yeah i didn't expect it to be that much but i mean that was the same with the book uh they're just even yeah. just two of the bonus examples in the the videos are like an hour and a half total split up into like a dozen okay. videos or something um so nice. yeah what I find interesting, too, is you said you like to learn best from the screencast. Well, I'm actually the opposite. I like to learn best from like in your packages here. I would I would always buy the the one with the source code to nitpick sure. just because I, that's the way I learn. I like to look at, you know, kind of, you know, a physical product. And then that's kind of how I, I, I associate with my learning better than the screencast or, or the book or anything like that. Um so it, it's really good that you, you kind of touch on all bases on however you learn the best is how you can, you've got a package for it everything. Actually, it yeah. comes with exercises too, which I forgot to mention. So there's like a whole test suite of, of basically failing unit tests that kind of start from kind of beginner level and work up to kind of advanced level for you to work through and kind of get these tests passing by implementing the code using collection stuff, which people have been uh, really digging too. And that comes with, with every single package. So some good hands-on kind of practical stuff there too. Nice. Is there um, like source code that goes along with the book that people can download or do they just type it in or how does that, how does that work? Yeah. If you, you know, if you didn't buy the, uh, the, the you one. copy and paste the stuff from the book, the examples all have like all the context necessary. Um, oh, that's true. And, yeah. uh, then there's the exercises and then the, the top package has the source code to the application as well. So, okay. Well, it sounds to me like you've been really successful with this. Everything I've ever seen on Twitter has been, you know, nothing but positive for it. So congratulations on launching an awesome, uh, not just an awesome book, but really like an awesome learning resource for the whole Laravel community. I think, uh, I think it's, it's, you know, it's great work and it's being well received. And I think that uh, people are getting a lot out of it. So I'm pretty excited. Right on. Thank you. And since we have Adam still on, um, the next up, let's talk about a uh, new package that Titan released. It's called Mail Thief, and Adam was kind of the main developer behind that. So can you tell us a little bit about that package, Adam? Yeah, sure. So uh, Mail Thief is like, um, it's like a, f a fake mail implementation for Laravel that you can swap out against the, the regular mailer in Laravel. So anytime you send any emails in your application, instead of actually going out you know, through Mailgun or through even to mail trap or mail catcher or any of these other kind of like testing mail tools that you might use. It just stores them all in memory um, in this package and lets you kind of inspect it at the end of your test. So 
you can do things like at the beginning of a test, you do like mail thief hijack, which takes the, the mailer in the IOC container and swaps it out for this fake version of the mailer. And now the rest of your app has no idea that there's a fake mailer in place. But every time you send an email, we're just kind of storing it in this collection. So say you have like a, a user registration feature, right, where when someone signs up, uh, they get um, a confirmation email or something. So you could do something like, uh, you know, hit that route. And then at the end of the test, you can make an assertion like this assert true mail thief has a message for uh, whatever email the person used when they filled out the form and assert that the subject of the email is what you expect it to be or yeah, assert that the contents of the email contains uh, a link to go and activate your account or, or anything like that. So it really simplifies uh, testing mail stuff. Before that, like I was using either Mailcatcher or MailTrap and I'd actually have to like make an HTTP request to those external APIs um, and get information about the the message that I had sent. So now you can run it uh, without having any external stuff set up. It's a lot faster. You can make um, assertions that you couldn't make in those cases. Like you can you can check like what template was used, for example. So I was working on a an application not too long ago where when some event happened, we had to send out like an email to like five different people, and each person got like a, a different template and. Before Mail Thief, the only way to kind of check that was to actually make assertions against the contents of what was in each template, which is beneficial in some ways. But the test that I wanted to write, I just wanted to make sure that I was matching up the right templates with the right people. So now I can make assertions like make sure that the template used for this message is, you know, this template uh, instead of having to worry about the actual content. So you have a little bit more control and it's a little bit more open. Like you can actually kind of really get in there and look. It's a less black box sort of uh, situation. So. It's pretty cool. I don't know how we kind of lived without it. Honestly, I use it on like every project now to test mail. And uh, yeah, it's really real early stages. We still got to work on kind of improving some of the documentation, but you can check check it out at github.com slash titanco slash mail thief uh, to kind of learn more about it. And I know Matt Stouffer is working on a, an introduction blog post that'll probably be up sometime, I'm guessing next week or something. So awesome. Nice. Well, um, the one question I had does, because the example didn't really show it, what if you're using the mail queue feature? Can you still use Mail Thief with that? Totally. So okay. right now, um, the queue function on the fake mailer is basically just an alias for the regular uh, send function. So there's some design decisions to make around that still uh, based on I'll have to get some feedback from people. But the way I've always used queue, I've never really cared that it's being queued. It's always just kind of like I'm queuing it because I don't want to happen in this request. But for my right. for my kind of perception i'm still thinking of it as happening immediately right like usually when you do mail queue you want to send the mail right away you just want to offload it to another process so that the request happens faster um so mm -hmm. you can call mail queue and it'll still store that message in the array and you can still inspect that at the end of the test it doesn't actually queue it up or anything so it basically happens uh in line and you can even do stuff like the mail later stuff so if you do like a mail later and you say you know i want to send them this email uh, in 15 minutes to kind of say, uh, here, here's how you can get started with our app or whatever. It stores those messages in a different array that you can inspect. And you can also check to see that it was delayed by the right amount of time and stuff like that. That's, That's awesome. Cool. Is that mail, is mail later one of the built-in functions in yep. Laravel? Yeah. Nice. What do, now, what does Laravel do under the hood? Does it put it in a queue? Yeah, put, yeah, it puts it in a queue it? and specifies a delay. And depending on what queue implementation you're using, there's different limitations on uh, how long it can be queued for. I think like Amazon SQS, for example, won't let you delay anything longer than 15 minutes. Um, okay. But yeah, yeah, you can queue stuff up depending yeah. on what implementation you're using. You can probably queue it for days. <laughs> so 
pretty cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That's very neat. Well, anything else? Yeah, while we're while we've got you on, anything else you want to uh, market or tell us about? Uh, the other thing I would say is, um, you know, Laracon US is coming up next month, and I'll be uh, speaking there. So, uh, if you're coming, definitely come say hello and check out uh, my talks. I'm giving a talk on uh, test-driven Laravel and uh, a refactoring to collections talk as well. So, if you're interested in learning more about either of those things, definitely uh, check out the talks and and come say hi. And I got full stack radio stickers and stuff like that to give away. So, yeah, awesome. Yeah, and awesome. go listen to Full Stack Radio. Um, <laughs> Great, great stuff. Great interviews. That's a great, great podcast. Well, Adam, uh, thanks so much for being on and uh, look forward to having you on again. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, enjoyed it, as always. <laughs> so sure. so you're still going to bench press me at a... Uh, sure. Right? Oh, no my problem. God. Okay. He, uh, Adam could probably bench press, like... Me and you, like one in each hand or something. It's, you know, I've been training all year. I'm going to oh, bitch press Adam. Y'all didn't know that. That's true. You have been. You've been kicking ass, dude. You know me. I've been. I've been eating like chocolate candy bars and cookies. <laughs> I'm not going to bench press anything. <laughs> Uh, folks, I think that's all we have for this week's episode. Tune in again in two weeks uh, for more Laravel related news, and then tune in in four weeks for uh, coverage on Lyricon as you're heading down there. We'll, like I said, we're going to try and get it done a day early so it's on your. Uh, your mobile device uh, for your trip. And then, uh, of course, uh, you have plans, Eric, I assume you're going to be doing some live blogging and stuff like that at Laracon, right? That's right. Yeah. The, the Laravel News, we're going to do a live blog. Me and Alyssa Mazina are going to be running that. So so we'll we'll have links out to it, you know, when it's closer to time and all that. Yeah. So. And then the other thing I think we're talking about doing is maybe some kind of a meet and greet uh, either at Laracon during one of the breaks or I think there's like a, a like a activity night where we're going somewhere and uh, you know the whole the whole group's going somewhere so if there's anybody who listens who wants to meet Eric or myself uh, you know we'll be there uh, Adam obviously is going to be there so you know my, my signature my autographs are much cheaper than Eric's and Adam's are so <laughs> that's because I'm still the champion of the world oh my god that <laughs> reminds me I was gonna I, I, I was gonna make this a surprise I got I was gonna order you business cards <laughs> so you can hand them out champion of the world that was that old bet that we had. Awesome. Uh, well, everyone, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again in two weeks. This concludes this episode of the Laravel News Podcast. If you like the show, please rate it five stars on iTunes. If you have feedback for the podcast, please email us at podcast at laravel-news.com. Thanks for listening.